your host, Charlie Brown. Joined by his co-host, Sean, a.k.a. Sloyd Butler. You know, March, especially if you live in like the colder states on the East Coast, up north, March is something you look forward to because spring is happening. Opening day, baseball. But for guys like me and uh, my man, Sloyd Butler, March is one crazy month for us because we love March Madness. We love it. Love it. And that happening right now as we speak we had a few games yesterday this is why i didn't drop the episode yet because you know what i knew march madness was coming out and this is something we've been looking forward to all year especially with the emergence of zion williamson and that whole duke squad but shout out I mean, to my blue devils shout out to the blue devils because right now um, they kicking ass um they're in the second half right now that first half was a little close, and then in 31-27, North Dakota State was actually giving them a little run for their money. Um, so your boy Cam Reddish get blocked. I'm serious. Woo! Woo! Something serious for real, right? Yeah, man. But you know what? Um, Duke was firing back Zion Williamson, man. Yeah, he's a beast. But Out I the mean, game, my, my... he showed off with a block. Out the game, man. He just... Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. My, my guy for that team, though, man. Cam Reddish got to step up for them to win championships. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It can't just be it. It, it can't just be um Zion and R.J. Barrett. You need Cam. They're yeah, going to need he, Cam. He, he going his lottery lottery uh, stock going to drop. If oh, it definitely up. will. I mean, he'll, he'll be still be a top ten pick, but his stock will no, drop. I, I think he'll fall to top fifteen if he. Oh, well, it he could. Knows. You know what? You you actually right because they'll start to look as uh, they'll look. Um, to him as the scapegoat, saying why Duke didn't win the, um, the championship this year. Right. So and that that enough, you know. Yeah, topics, you know? Mm-hmm. he'll be looked at like a Malik Monk. Hey, out instead of being looked at like a Ray Allen or somebody like the Rudy Gay. Yup. Hey, hey, let's get let's listen. Enough about these Blue Devils because right now they're still playing. Let's give a big clapping hand to your boys from LSU who put that work down. All right. Hey, shout out to them Tigers, man. But hey, I see you out there, Mr. Smart. Hey, good job getting back out there and doing your thing, man. But I will tell shout you this. Old, uh, I watched that game, man. They was whooping Yale's ass. They were up by as many as 20 points. But let me tell you something. Yale made that comeback, boy, in that second half, and it was looking pretty scary, bro. Pretty scary. Pretty scary. I can't lie. Pretty I, like, I, like the, I like the Waters kid. He got a lot of heart. Oh, he man. He's like one of the old school players. And that step back, oh, my his God. His form is so pretty, man. It was just wet, like water. His shot I'm, I'm loving the guard flow coming into, like, you know, the, from high school. Yeah, no. You got to love the big man from LSU who can hit threes with that nice quick release he has. Yeah, he a sleeper. He definitely a sleeper. A very, and he can hit the fadeaway through a, a three, too. I've seen him hit a fall away three. His release is so quick, too, for a big man, you know. But yeah, uh, very shout out to LSU for getting that W. But to me, bro, so far the game 
Go ahead, give it to him, my guy. Nah, man, you are gonna be shocked. I don't know. Maybe you do New Mexico versus Auburn. That was a slubber knocker. That was a hell of a <laughs> game, a bro. The last nine minutes, oh my goodness, pure electrifying, bro. That they they was just going at it. Here's the thing about it. I liked Allberg going in, but I knew they weren't they weren't going to last long in the tournament because they're a shooty team. Listen, you live by the three, you die by the three. That's an old cliche that that stands till this day. As just as Houston last year in the, in the Western Conference Finals. Hey, you, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. <laughs> you live by the three, you die by the three, man. And um, New Mexico State they pounded that ball. In the inside, man, they pounded yeah, I, 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 that I ball think in that, the inside. Uh, team is gonna use use that morale, and they're definitely gonna get some recruits to come out there. Like that's that's a sleeper team, and I say watch over the next five. Um, know, they, yeah, yeah, they big men are good too, man. Um, and here's the uh, and they they there's there's from the three to the five spot. These guys are gonna pound you to the paint, and the, the first nine points were all paint shots. I mean, back it down using the full. Three seconds in the key, turn around, up and under shot. It wasn't, okay. and then if they had the three, they they back it down, then they kick it out. I like that. Now listen, I love the way Auburn plays. They did not change their game, which is, I mean, crazy. But <laughs> listen, it, to watch these guys off the pick and roll, and everybody on that damn listen, damn team can hit a three. I'm telling you right now, if LeBron is looking for shooters, there's about five of them you can grab from Auburn. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Definitely, definitely. This draft season. But that that was so far my favorite game. Really, really, really good game, man. And um, I know you, you the one you probably think about with my man Marquette versus um The ba- the yeah. battle the battle with the bullies, man. Yeah, Marquette versus Murray State, man. Big guard I, against Little Guard, who really the man. As I keep telling guys, I've been saying this since twenty eighteen. Now you have John Morant is one of the most unstoppable players to touch a basketball. Trust my words when I say it. Arguably. Zion is going to be the best player in this draft. But upside, I don't know. Long term, no, I'm just saying mm. best player in this draft that you can use right out the gate. That's what I'm saying. Okay. John Morant, okay. depending on what team he goes to, I pray to God is Phoenix. Depending on what team he goes to, I don't care what nobody says. You can talk to me in 10 years from now about this. John Morant will be one of the best guards. Did you see 16 assists? I mean, this man has the but second highest. He was just he was scoring second with a highest um assist record, bro. And like you said, this and is the a, only other the only other um college player since Draymond to get a um triple double in the yeah. so, salute. Here's one thing I want to speak about because a lot of people are speaking about this, and I actually meant to mention this earlier in a few podcasts before when you were speaking about him. I know we talk about Zion's vertical, but did you see that two-handed dunk he did last see, night? People were comparing him to Westbrook, and I said it's out the game. His hops is Kennedy phenomenal. Ja- ja- was in college, he dunks just like Vince in college. Ja- it's not the show showmanship that Vince had, but the bounce is there. I, it might be higher, bro. I saw him get up there on that. I watched that dunk probably about eight times. He, he off, Listen, boy. people understand. Two hands. A lot of people go up from one hand because you know why? It's just easier. Right. It's just easier. You get up there more. The air up there is thinner. But to get up there with two hands and his head was at the rim, what a hell of a poster, man. And he took that contact on. Um, Listen, we all know that when tournament time comes, your stock can either draft or it can go up like crazy. I remember Derek Williams from Arizona 
who was very yeah, quiet yeah. until he, he had a hot tournament, and look what happened. Hey, man, sal- salute to you being a basketball head saying that one right there. People <laughs> forgot looks, about how, how big of a basketball player he was coming out of college. Not even him. He killed him let's, let's not forget about the Syracuse monster, Wesley Johnson. Mm-hmm. During, during, during March Madness, that guy's stock rise like crazy. Yeah, Gordon, sure did. So many players we can name that showed up. Hakeem Warwick. Dude, Victor Oladipo was a defensive player that nobody knew about. Yep. He went out there and went crazy in the tournament. Him and Yogi Ferrell. Shout out to Yogi Ferrell as well, man. Hey. But it, it, it's crazy. The, the tournament makes or breaks your draft. Yes, stock. it can. I don't care if yeah. you're not even mentioned in the, in the, in the first round. Your dra- your draft stock can, can dra- dramatically change just by you producing in March Madness. Listen, so shout out to all the Cinderella mm-hmm. teams this year, the sleeper teams. Keep fighting, man. Listen, you can't be a top five pick and didn't make the tournament. Who the hell are you? <laughs> you, know, uh, you know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving. I mean, he was he was injured. You know, most of that. I mean, he played what? I mean, he 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 came back for a brief stint. It wasn't amazing. Very no. Nah, he was out. He was out for majority of that season. Yeah, but he came. He came back for uh, some tournament play. It wasn't a great game, but I mean, mm, uh, you know, I mean that's a good one there. I'm not even gonna argue with that one because you know what? You got me on that one. I mean, but guys like Gordon Haywood get made. Butler made the tournament that shit that he year. Kimber Walker, Mr. Stepback. He did that shit like twice in the tournament. We, remember he did this to that big man? I forgot what big man that was. And when he saw that big man was on him, oh man, it was like filet oh, mignon, cook. bro. Then, then he's in the garden and he's from the Bronx. Like, come on, he's from the BX. What you, th- what you thought he was going to do? Mm-hmm. Showmanship, man. They all about showmanship, man. Shout out to hip hop being started in the Bronx, man. Y'all kids need to wake up, man. That's right. That's right. I said the hip, the hop, the hip, it's the hip, the hip. hip. Yeah, don't stop, you know. But this March Madness is good. I'm, I can't wait. I'm telling you, by Saturday, it's going to be bananas, man. It's, it's, I don't think nobody can ever. Pre- One thing I want to talk about, too, since we're on the show. <laughs> uh, Warren Buffett has issued for the last two or three years. A million dollars, a billion dollars, billion dollars. Or anybody can get that bracket, yeah, yeah. No, but no, it's impossible to get a perfect bracket unless you have the money to pay the games. And what everybody who knows sports knows how Vegas controls everything. They predict the champions three, four years ahead of time, man. So don't don't sit here and tell yourself because this team is getting built, they're going to win a championship. It's about how much money can they bring now. So shout out to the Lakers buying them a championship, probably in the next two or three years. Y'all not paying attention, but it's definitely about to happen. Uh, you know what? Since we're on the NBA real quick, let's let's take a let's take a let's take a tour to the to the promoted league to the NBA real quick. You know, speaking about the Lakers, I don't know, man. With Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram with that injury, uh, Lonzo Ball being out, and also just breaking news. He, yeah, um, that's wild. Breaking news: He just um broke with his um his his, uh, uncle, his play uncle basically his uncle basically yeah with the um with the big baller brand basically he, he was sixteen percent of the company <clears throat> yeah talk about he was um pocketed I think it was one point five million dollars yeah so uh, uh, untraced money they don't know what happened to it yep but I, you know what that show that shows me as well though and I like that they said Lonzo was the one to do it not his dad it shows me that he does have. Leadership qualities, yeah. That he's looking at something it, yeah. like that business wise. I mean, some people just play it off like I can make that money back in a few, you know, few months in the league, but at the same time, you got to look at it like this 
Big ball of brain is probably going to be one of the first. They're going to be the one to take the fall for all these players that are coming out. Like, don't be surprised if Jay Z and uh, Puma and Emery and the guys over there, Rock mm-hmm. Nation, gets in Zion ear and tell him, "Hey, man, you need to make your own shit. We can help you do that. You don't have to sign with nobody." Yep, and so, they got more money and more recognition. They just right. Go, players yeah. are looking for a stake. He started that. They, pro- they, he they, started they, the prototype. Definitely, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Like, I mean. Somebody like Master P, for instance, Master P had to be the fall guy for all entertainers, well, hip-hop entertainers. To start making their own shit, y'all. Him and E-40 were two of the, you know, leading guys with this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like, they put everybody on game. So, you got to look at it like that now. Making movies, even though they were corny as fuck. But, hell, we watched it. If you're an athlete, you need it. People say you shouldn't have a plan B if you're chasing this certain dream. Man, you need to make sure your plan A is solidified, meaning you know you're going to make it to a certain spot. So you can do every other dream that's along with it. If you yeah. want to be an uh, entertainer, you want to do something, whatever it may be, just make sure you have the money to be able to do it. Well, and that's you why have... you do what you do, so you can have the capital to back it up. Exactly. 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 So exactly. nobody's fighting you. Listen, I'm not mad at nobody for wanting to do their dreams outside the NBA. You know, back to the Lakers real quick. You know, Brandon Ingram has this nasty, deep – um. They're very most whatever it's called. I'm sorry, the Chris Bosch, you know, and that and that's really bad. I, I feel bad for him. Prayers with Tim. Shout out once again because he's young and he was cooking. And uh, Alonzo, Alonzo Ball, believe it or not, was one of the best defenders, and their defense plummeted really bad to second to last in the NBA. And now with that, now he's been injury prone, and that's really bad because he's only had two seasons in the NBA. So you got to look at that. Then you got to look at the fact. Okay, so they do have the pick. That's great. They do have cap. That's awesome. But as far as trading for Anthony Davis go, I think that is done. Even let's say, you know, with all the publicity and the PR stunts and leaking mm-hmm. information and everything, the whole genie bus situation. Who are you trading for? Josh Hart and and um, Kuzma, you can't get rid of see, Kuzma now because he's this, the only healthy one. And this is this is what we got to teach our audience, and also teach each other a valuable lesson about chess, not checkers. You say all these things about these players that are not going to be available and are not of this quality, so they can't get these certain players. What we have to look at is mm-hmm. the most available trade asset is the biggest name in basketball that can change a franchise around in a matter of minutes once the news breaks that he's coming to the city. Oh, that's, that's chess move one. Listen, hold on. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me, I know you're talking about. Chess move one is LeBron possibly being traded from the Lakers. Mm-hmm. They build the whole organization. I would do it if I was Magic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hold on. So, hold on. Hold on. Around. Let me make this clear now. So, you are with the Jalen Rose train. And possibly, I think even Stephen A. Smith had uh, alluded towards that. I believe Whitlock, Marcellus Wiley, a, a lot of uh, even Skip Bayless. Uh-huh. You know, some people may say these guys are LeBron haters, but you're telling me you on that train of possibility of trading LeBron James. You're on, on that train. I'm, listen, listen. I'm not on the train. I'm, I'm the guy. That, I'm I'm the guy that's letting everybody know all signs are a go. I'm clearing the train to take off. It mm. does not mean it will reach its destination. What I mean by that is, you can want something to happen. You can put it to the universe. But the thing about chess that most people don't know, 
the strongest pieces on your board or the pieces that you do not want to move, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. But if you put a king out there and they jump at that bait that a king is out there, guess what happens to every one of his pawns? Mm-hmm. They're, they're going for open season. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So if they go for open season and they're coming at a king, what if I position myself the right <clears> way <throat> as a king to where you have to give me more of what I know you have just to get one player? That's what I'm saying. You can get a franchise-changing player in an Anthony Davis and also package with another team, trade Lonzo. If you added a third team, yeah, hell yeah. Right, right. Trade Lonzo, go grab a Devin Booker or somebody like that because we all know Phoenix needs a point guard and they need a new system created around them. With Phoenix having a great draft pick, I would say if I was a GM, I would be looking at, hey, what are y'all talking about with their second draft pick for LeBron? Mm-hmm. Just to throw it out there and have people talking about it. They're really thinking about trading LeBron. No, they really are. But here's the thing that's going to hold them back. Here's the only thing about that king piece. That hand is constantly on it. And what I mean by that, you know, in chess, you move a piece, you keep your hand on it. Yeah, you're protecting it. You might move it back because you might say this might not be the right move. And the reason I say that is because LeBron, though he could not get a trade clause, no trade clause. Mm-hmm. He has a 15% increase. So whoever ha- trades for him, his his um his money goes from 35 million to I believe 47 million. So you gotta <laughs> think. Now he ain't no dummy. I I I'm I've always been on LeBron's side about that. That man is very smart outside of basketball. Because listen, you couldn't get a no trade clause. But damn it, he fucked you either way. Because you gotta say now. As a team, because no matter what, he's going into his 16th NBA season. Yes, he's still putting up great numbers. But as we see, the great numbers didn't prove that much this season because their record is almost identical. And you can blame that on the injury or whatever because guess what? He did come back after those games. Now, here's my thing. I'm going to say, yeah, they were fourth place and everything like that. But it was still early in the season. It was maybe a quarter in the season. About a quarter in the season. Yes, they were doing good, looking good. Mm-hmm. An injury can derail you. But as people say, this is the king and things like that. But it's the things he did when he came back from the injury. He was still putting up good numbers, but he wasn't playing great defense. He wasn't a great motivator. Um, chemistry in the locker room was bad. People think it's just good numbers, but there are other... There are other things that go a part of this equation that makes a winning formula. And, is, and having a good locker room is one of them. As we've seen Golden State Warriors, when um, Draymond Green... They're, they're the Patriots, man. They cover up every scandal <laughs> no matter what. They're not letting it... That is the greatest... That is the greatest, I guess, <laughs> Excuse me. that I've ever seen in sports history. And what I mean by that is most, most ships or big ships or, you know, boats in a sense... You know, because of parts, because of it's just old, whatever it may be. The thing I noticed, it does not matter if the last person standing on that team is um a Stephen Curry or a Clay Thompson. That's the last person they have. Everybody leaves. They have a winning organization. You mm-hmm. got Steve Nash in there training the guards how to be better players. A lot of people don't look at the growth in Quinn Cook last year. Oh, big it, it time not, growth. And, yo. It was not just Steph get, Curry. Not, it was Steve mm-hmm. Nash working with him on his ball handling. And, and, he's, he's, getting ball, and he's getting ball time this year as well. 
the last, um, I want to say last month or so. He's come in real quick and a quick nine minutes, give you nine points, eight, ten points, quick two, three assists. That's great, especially for somebody who's playing so hard in garbage time. To me, right. um, even though, you know, Sean Levinson to me hasn't been quite the same, and that is because of injuries, I would actually give Cook more starting time because he's been doing great. But see, you know, here's the thing. Golden State Warriors, real quick, they're on a roll. They've won several ga- a few several games without Kevin Durant because he's been injured. And, I mean, you want to argue that they look better? Because to me, they beat the Rockets without Kevin Durant. In a very cocky manner, too. Yep. Stephen Curry was an asshole that game. I'm not even going to lie. And then, it, oh. and then the next night, beat Oklahoma. Yeah. And, and the previous week before, or two weeks, they had the full squad. And got their ass whooped by Houston. Are you telling me they beat Houston without Kevin Durant? Well, we both know one thing <laughs> about basketball, X's and O's. What happens when you got that many scorers on your team and one of them, I mean, he, he's a superstar. He hasn't touched the ball. Like, it's, it's ridiculous not to give him the ball. And it goes the same way from Stephen Curry. When one of those players goes down, the other one's, I guess, production level is supposed to step up. And it does. We noticed, it does. We, we noticed when Stephen Curry was injured, that production level for that team dropped dramatically. Yeah, it wasn't it the same. Dropped. Yeah, it, it dropped because Kevin Durant is an ISO scorer. He's not like Stephen Curry, who can dribble two times, pass the ball to somebody, run through three screens, cut back again, then he open in the corner for a three. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the idea that let me play through my team. Not saying that he's not that player; he's not capable. But as we've seen throughout his career, he's one of the best ISO scorers, just like Carmelo Anthony. Yo, real quick, real quick. I'm glad I knew you were going to say that. You are the man. I'm glad you said that because. A lot of people shit on Carmelo, especially like mm-hmm. Colin Cowherd. Um, a few people are listening on you know, on YouTube, and I'm thinking to my and they always say his game is outdated. His game doesn't work for today's NBA, <laughs> right? And I think to myself as I watch Kyrie, James Harden, Kevin Durant, as you say, and I'm like, hey, if we even want to go back to uh, old school, people people never said this man's game was outdated when he came back twice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? He came right back in and, and was all for both times. True. And that's what I'm saying. Like, these guys still play the same way Melo plays today. ISO game. So, I'm saying to myself, how is Melo game outdated? How does how, how, how does Melo game not work for an NBA basketball team if Kyrie, and this is one of the reasons why Boston was losing, so uh, was losing, is because he was too ball dominant. Um, as we see, Kevin Durant, very ball dominant. James Harden, by far, ball dominant. Hell yeah. The, don't let CP3 be out the game. It's over. 80% of the touches are coming from him. So I, 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 so I just don't understand how somebody, you know, that's, that's what I tell you. Fans are just funny. The media is just funny. At the end of the, at the, end of the day, none of it makes sense to me. Um... I think for, I'm trying to remember the question. A lot of people were getting at me on YouTube. Only LeBron fans. Yeah, they, they're funny as hell. I love them. You, you, you need them. They, they're the best hecklers in the world. They, they're just funny. And the fakest fans of all time. Hey, yeah, big time. And they were talking about, oh, the Doc Rivers thing. You know, you heard this now. Somebody put a bug in Doc Rivers' ear and said, you know, LeBron doesn't want to be coach. You know, so don't go over there. 
And Chris Carter made a a very excellent point because Nick Wright, you know, he went to the defense. was like, this is absurd, you know, how he goes. But Chris Carter, usually I don't agree with him either, said this. He says, when you have a coach like Doc Rivers, and I'm paraphrasing, you know, he brings something to the table. He elevates your game. So you have to ask yourself, it's not about being coached. Does LeBron want to learn? Because a coach like Doc Rivers can teach. It can make you better. For example, anybody that comes to the Spurs, it goes to the guru Greg Popovich. And I was like, that's an excellent point. At this age and stage in his career, is LeBron James willing to learn? So I wrote, you know, not really because it's evident to me. Um, and I gave, tell me if you agree or disagree, because maybe the YouTube um, Braun fans are right. But I wrote that to me, it's evident he, he isn't. I mean, you got to look at it. Um, Blatt had a winning championship. I mean, a winning record. They got rid of him for Tyron Lou, who was a rookie coach. I said, and, um, and Nick Wright was like, oh, um, it's about proving himself. Spolster proved himself. And that's wrong as well because it was on record that LeBron wanted Spolstra gone. It's Pat Riley that said, no, he's staying. So it's to me evident that LeBron James has never really wanted to be coached. And they people were crazy about it. It was the dumbest statement they ever heard. See, here's the thing about LeBron James fans. You know, I love the name Braun Sexuals. They don't ever give you a real reason. They just disagree. Like, everybody just kept saying the stupid, uh, that's the stupidest thing they ever read. But I, I, nobody was giving me a reason why. Because you can't tell me black. They were 31 and 15, bro. Hmm. And I'm listening to Nick Wright, and he called, he called black a joke, saying he didn't belong coaching in the NBA. I'm sitting there, but what credentials does Nick Wright have? And I'm sorry, anybody that could get a team to 31 and 15, um, why should you be fired? For a rookie coach who has no experience in Tyron Lue? So, I mean, am I a little bit wrong on that? Is that not evident enough? That's not enough evidence? I mean, Your Honor, you tell me. Um, Listening to everything you said, um, I feel like it's a 50-50 because I, I won't say that LeBron doesn't want to be coach. I just don't think if he doesn't respect the coach, then he's not going to play with him. And what I get from that, I mean, if we watch his, um, I don't know if it was called, um, whatever it was during the time when he was doing everything, you know, all the Arkin, um, Akron, sorry, stuff that he was doing, the um, documentary that he made talking about his old teammates and talking about his coach, who I believe was coaching for the Cavaliers when he came back for his second stint. He was assistant coach or something like that. Um, Mike Brown. No, right. no, not Mike Brown. What's the guy's name? Uh, coach Drew. Oh, yeah, Drew. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when I looked at it, he had a lot of respect for Coach Drew, not only because he coached him throughout his whole life, but because he didn't fall into the LeBron, you're the greatest player whole thing. You're just like everybody else on this court. And if you don't produce, you're not playing. If you can't work with your team, you're not playing. And there was times in the documentary where they showed they were AAU games and LeBron was on the bench pissed off that he wasn't playing. But when he understood what leadership was, and understanding that you have to respect the man before you for you to get better. Just like with kids, you know, if you don't see your parents, you're going to go through the same things that they went through when they're trying to make you, they're trying to prevent you from making those mistakes. So I feel like it's true with LeBron, but it's not true for the simple fact of with certain people that he respects, he's willing mm -hmm. to play with them. 
Mm-hmm. But with the David Blatt situation, I don't think David Blatt was good for the culture of Cleveland basketball. If they don't want a championship with David Blatt, it wouldn't have looked as good. You get what I'm saying? Like it's it's like imagine them winning one with Mike Brown. It would have looked a little bit better than the Tyrone Lewis, in my in my opinion. Then yes, definitely because Mike, Mike Brown had been, been through, been through exactly. But see, here's the thing though. To me, Black and Lou is no difference. That's because they yeah, were both he, new. He, he the only coach, thing Black coaches right there with him. Yeah, the only he had a guru over him coaching him. Yeah, exactly. And Pat Riley didn't play that. So here's the thing that I say, you know, Black at least had European experience. Tyron Lou had zero. Also, I want to say this. You know, we look at the greats. This is something else I also said. They all had all-time great coaches that let them. To me, you got to let a coach do what they do. Yeah, and and you and the reason why it's evident to me he's a coach killer. Set Miami everywhere he's gone is you got to go. Um, look at Boston Celtics when they won, when they won the uh, ten straight. They had Red Auerbach, Detroit Pistons. They had Chuck Daly. We all know the Lakers. They had Pat Riley and Phil Jackson. The Chicago Bulls also had Phil Jackson. Boston Celtics in the eighties um, had Casey Jones. These are these are coaches. Who are all-time winning coaches and also won multiple championships with with players who we consider the goat. You know, you will not be able to really say that in LeBron's legacy. On top of that, um, you know, to me, the whole respect thing. A coach is a coach for a reason, and I felt though he didn't Magic didn't hire Luke Walton, he didn't want Luke Walton. There still should have been respect given. And let that season play out. And if at the end of the season shit didn't work out, then you do what you do. I don't think it should have been caused controversy. Because to me, how can you really do you? And we all know it too. It's already was pressure for Luke Walton. You got LeBron James. Now, all of a sudden, as soon as you got LeBron, the one thing that don't seem right, your ass is on the hot seat. Now he's about to be fired. Now, here's a bad repercussion of this. His career could be ruined. It really can, because they're talking about him going back to going to college to go coach. And once pe- a lot of NBA coaches, once they go to college, aka Rick Pitino, they don't come back. Um, also, homie from um Kentucky, John Calipari, he also coached in the NBA, went to college. He did not come back. College is awesome, but I feel that, and they all say this. Calipari said this. Rick Pitino has said this. They all have thought about going back because they felt like they've left something on the table. Sort of like Pete Carroll, why he came back to um to the NFL. Yeah, and he but, proved his point. And he proved his point. But it's hard to prove your point. And these guys, they have a legacy now. So it's kind of like, damn, do I risk it? Do I not? And that's what I mean about LeBron. To me, I'm sorry. Should have gave Luke Walton his respect and just say, you know what? Because that's what they do. They are a coach. They are a coach for a reason. Maybe if he was allowed to do his job, he would have did better. Because honestly, I'm sorry. I thought his record last year in a hardcore West playing with all those rookies was not bad. Was not bad at all. And then now you give him a – he's now – he got to revamp whatever he was probably going to tweak because now the whole roster is in a new change. Now, all of a sudden, we may have another big roster change because Anthony Davis might be coming. Oh, all of a sudden, now we got Reggie Bullock. I'm not making none of these changes. Usually a coach 
talks to the GM. Yeah, yeah, because you know these guys. So let me know who you got, who you bring it. Can we work this in the system? The GM, the president, the coach, they talk together. Because you know what? They need to be one on one accord when this situation happens. So I'm sorry. When you have a player, to me, stepping out of his position, uh, you know, how, how do you expect a man to do his job? Two That's- things I want to ch- chime in on if you're finished. I don't wanna yeah, yeah, go off. ahead, bro. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm done. Two things. Uh, I'm going to say them quick and I'm going <laughs> to explain both. The first thing is, I respect the LeBron whole coach killer theory, but I think we got to stop putting so much pressure on just LeBron and also look at the fact of Luke Walton. I mean, he just, he's not a basketball. He's a basketball connoisseur. You know, he made it to the league, that type of stuff. And he was not somebody that you can't for doing anything in basketball history. Name me one play where you see Luke Walton did something that amazed you, whether it was defense, passing the ball, anything. There is not one person that was a Lakers fan even back then that can name a play. And what that tells me for a basketball connoisseur and somebody who plays basketball and plays with pro-level people, if we don't respect you as a hooper and you become a coach, it's like a job in a sense. If you don't respect your coworker because he's a bum, he's lazy, and he's a kiss ass, and all of a sudden out of nowhere he's he's your manager, are you going to respect him more? But what about Phil Jackson? He wasn't that great as a hooper. True. Phil, ja- Phil Jackson wasn't that great as a coach, and a lot of people don't want to say Rudy that. Tom John- to that Rudy Tom Donovich wasn't um, – I mean, he was a, like a few-time All-Star, but, but he wasn't but – with, But with those – but true. <laughs> even, even Mike – I mean, well, I can't say Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni was an All-Star overseas. Um, yeah, this, but NBA counts. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> no and, offense uh, overseas. And even, and, even, and even Byron Scott. Byron Scott was a decent coach, but he was also a decent basketball player. He wasn't yeah. – um, even Doc Rivers would be honest. Doc Rivers is a better coach than he was a player. My yes, he was. He was a decent player. Doc Rivers was more known for his defense. I know because I watched the Knicks in that era. And Doc Rivers could hit a baseline three and everything. He was what you call today a uh, two-way, but a poor man. It's like the first prototype. You know, every now and then hit a three. Wasn't his forte, but his thing was I mean, to lock Byron, you down. Him and Byron Scott were Byron Scott could hit a three, two, though. The first original two-way guard. Byron Scott could hit a three, that. yeah. He, Byron Scott could hit a three. Was a little, he had a better jumper. I would say Doc had better defense than him. Byron was a little athlete. Byron put his Byron put And his Dennis Scott from uh, Boston. Yes, he was. Was a, uh, Yeah. Dennis Scott was a very good defender and lights another. Shoot better than both of those guys. <laughs> the 3D. 3D. What? Dude, he just shoot your lights out, man. And so, I mean, what, what the point I was trying to make was is just as a basketball player, if you don't respect somebody on the court, you're not going to respect him once they put the suit on and they're standing on the sideline. That's just like, you know, your coworker, like, he a bum, you know, he's doing this, he's doing that. And then out of nowhere, he's the supervisor. Not too many people are going to respect True. it for the simple fact of how can I respect this man when he never showed us that he cared about his work ethic? You know what I'm saying? Like, if, even if you're not the greatest player in the world, people can speak like Brian Scalabrini, for instance. People t- people joked about him for a while, but when he retired, he got so much respect because people are like, man, regardless of what y'all say about him. He's a basketball really, savant, yes. Yeah, he, he could have he been a beast, but he downplayed his role because that's what he was supposed to do on that team. Come in and give, you know, like you say, garbage time and just produce something. It didn't have to be points. It didn't have to be this or that. But when he actually had time to produce, he went crazy. Hey, yo, listen, man. That was one white boy. Everybody loved Brian Scalabrini, man. He's such a cool dude. I'm on that Whitlock show. 
Um, very good basketball mind, Brian Scalabrini. You could tell he was going to be he one of those be guys. A great coach. And he had a good shot. He had a good shot. Um, you know, I mean, I'm just, it's yeah and nay. But you know what? But what about? But what about? But what about Kevin Durant, Golden the Gold? Let's say. All right, I'll give you that same scenario with LeBron, it's two players right? right now, it's two right. players right now that are watching us that's close to retirement. If not, they're already about to retire. They could be amazing coaches to change the franchise around. And the first one is pretty obvious. Just the way that he plays basketball, his size, and his mental capacity. Dwayne Wade will probably be one of the greatest basketball coaches of all time. Because he's a small man. When I say small man, I really I'm just I'm just being honest. The way he plays, in my opinion, is very similar to uh, a James Worthy style of playing, where you're all over the floor, you can score, athletic, really yeah, defend. You can get, yeah, you can get to the basket with ease. Even an Elgin Baylor, if you want to be, you know, just ah, uh, nah, Elgin Baylor was a pure score. I'm not knocking the way way scoring, the way way collided up. But IDK, man, you know, I got to watch, uh, like, several of those classic games, man. Yeah. He could, like, I mean, the man, I think, averaged well, for, like, eight you, years, if you, 28 if you points. say Elgin Baylor, I mean, the reason the reason I'm saying that is but I guess it's close. No, it's, it's, it's close. Kevin Johnson. It's close. It's close because they played the three. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, D Wade could play the three back in, the, especially early in his career. You definitely could put D Wade at the three, even right. though he was six four, really probably like six two. D Wade had great, like you said, James Worthy all over the place. Great athleticism, could defend. Uh, I can see D Wade as a, as a good coach. I can see, especially because of the organization he coming from. Who's up top? Look hey, what he did to Spolstra. He taught him everything. Exactly. Look what he did to Spolstra. Um, I thought that with Tim Duncan, too. I thought Tim Duncan actually could have been a decent coach. I think anybody come from Popovich's regime, honestly. I think I think the coach out of that, out of that regime really is uh, TP. I think he's the one that's going to be the coach. Yeah, and I see. I can see Manu coaching overseas, though. Yeah, overseas. Yeah, so go go to Argentina. Better day, better day, better day. <laughs> but the point I was trying to make was, is most players, um, like Dwayne Wade, in a sense, you got to look at certain style of plays and how they were able to make their careers thrive this long to say that they can be a good coach. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be a lockdown or a great player. No, no, no. Like yeah. I, but, I agree with that part. I definitely. But a lot. A, a, a lot of players are out there that could be great, you know, got good work ethic. But when you think Kevin Durant, I don't think Kevin Durant will actually be NBA level coach. I think Kevin no, Durant will no, what be I, what a high I mean by, no, coach. What I mean by Kevin like a Penny Hardaway. What I mean by Kevin Durant when you said the player like LeBron, you know, the whole respecting the player who got who wasn't a great hooper. So I, the reason I said Kevin Durant, I said take his position. Now Steve Kerr was not a great hooper. Now Kevin Durant, but, Kevin, but, ball, true, real he quick, was, he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't, but he played on the greatest team, and he was coachable himself. That's why he was able to play on that team and, and flourish. But hey, Luke Walton did win two chips with um Kobe, though. What did he do on the team? Yo, dude was a great. Um, even Kobe said he drew a place for them. He did. He helped out a lot. Especially I think he room. would be a good assistant coach. I think he. Would be I think he needed team. a few more years. I thought actually his rookie season he was great in development, developing these guys. 
That's why I say assistant coach. But I th- look at look at look at hold on. Mike Brown's been sitting on the Warriors bench for a few years now collecting championships, right? And knowledge, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. He went from being a great coach to say, okay, I'm willing to be, you know, kicked down and stripped down to build myself back up. Let me go learn with somebody that's actually doing it the right no, way. No, I don't mind if that's I don't Luke, I don't I, I don't like mind Luke if, if Luke did that. I want to see him go to college because I actually think Luke could be a good NBA coach. Luke can go work under somebody like Tom Thibodeau and come back and be a coach. Mm, I, I, I wouldn't want him under Tom. I'm saying I don't, just I don't think, he I would some schemes. He he already knows how to draw up plays. If he knew how to draw a defensive scheme, He'd imagine be imagine somebody that can draw. <laughs> look at Steve Kerr, for instance. He draws a defensive scheme for Stephen Curry to hide behind four players. He doesn't have to guard his man, right? Oh yeah, they they pick up for him. They oh. as a good coach should. I mean, that's what most most coaches do. He's not the first to, but he he does a great job at it. Yeah, he does a great job at it. And the point I'm trying to make is with with Luke, it's like being in my career on 2K. And you know you can score, but like they're they're not giving you the minutes that you deserve. So you may be up by five, ten points going into the fourth quarter, and you get subbed out. And y'all lose three minutes. And y'all lose the game. And y'all lose the game. That's how I look at Luke Walton right now. He needs more work. He needs he needs more you know work. He needs more production before we can say okay he's co- he's a coach ready level player you know type of person. Like I don't think that he was ready to go right in and coach. I feel like he should have kept learning. And he could have went under anybody's wing instead of taking the head coaching position. He could have said, nah, I'm not ready right now. As a man, he could have said that. And, you know, not even the LeBron thing. This would be another losing season for them, if we being honest. If LeBron never came here, say LeBron went to Boston, New York, wherever he went, San Antonio. I really wish he would have went to San Antonio. He's a dumbass. We're not doing that. But, hey, that's neither here or there. He could have prolonged his career and had a way better. Oh respect. hell yeah! That would have changed everybody's opinion of him as a player and everything. But you know what? Here's the thing: what I can agree, I I can see where you come from. I agree. I, I'm giving half and one hand there, and one hand not. The reason I say that is because now with all these young players, a lot of young coaches are bringing drawn are being brought in because of player development. Uh, we look at the Knicks for Fisdale, for example. Knicks in the East Coast, a weak East Coast, could not get a better record than the Lakers last year. This year, or they would have to combine both seasons just to get a better season than Luke Walton had last year, his rookie year. If you want to compare his rookie season to Fisdale, you gotta say Luke Walton rookie season. Well, that wasn't was the Fisdale's rookie season. He was coaching the Grizzlies for. A no, while. no, I'm not saying that's his rookie. I'm just comparing his season with the Knicks, and that's and this is uh now um not season, but you know he's get he, he he's he's getting marinated as uh, as a coach in the NBA compared to somebody who was a rookie who had rookies who was in the West, thirty five games. I, and the I Knicks, look, they, I, I they, we compared them to Brooklyn, like we say they can't yeah. and Brooklyn. Then we got D. Russ. Knicks can't oh, even sit there got, and do shit. They got, they got a few players, and you mentioned them a lot. Joe Harris. I mean, oh I love, yeah, Lavert, Joe Harris. But you got to think when the Knicks, let's say even um if KP, even when KP was healthy and stuff like, I still don't think they would uh they would have did better than the, than than the Nets. It's just uh, I don't I don't know. I just don't think. Like I said, I think next season, this season coming up, we're really going to see what Fizdale is made of because the Knicks will get somebody. 
Right. Um, R.I.P. to Luke Walton. I mean, it is what it is. And the, coach, and the coach fans, not R.I.P. in real life. Please don't take it like Yeah, that. yeah, don't take it like We're just talking about his career. His coach, can, I mean, in L.A. anyway. Um, I don't think he'll be. There's rumors to say that he might be. Um, he might be the next coach in UCLA. I was hearing something like that, but I, I doubt it. If I'm him, like you said, I would, I would like just, it, bro. I would he's just go. Legend at UCLA. Yeah, yes, that's why. Did. Yeah, I, but I would do like you. I would just, like you said, I would just listen. A lot of coaches have done that, and PJ Carmissimo had did that, and he was the right. coach of the Warriors at one time. Even and we saw what I was thinking about when you were saying Fisdale. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nate McMillan. Nate McMillan, exactly. He went back down. Hubie Brown was the coach of the Knicks in the 80s. And in the 90s, Hubie Brown went back to be an assistant until he was coaching the Grizzlies. Yeah. So you, you there are a lot of coaches, even greats, that have had, yo, they, they, they took that demotion. But sometimes it's not a demotion. Sometimes, you know, when they do take that demotion, they usually go under the coach that they need to work under to achieve what they didn't have before. Right. Yeah. I mean, so I, like I said, I can understand with the Tom Thibodeau. I just, I don't think Tom Thibodeau is a teaching type. I would like. Or even, I mean, if, we, if we're being honest, we, we both know where he needs to go. He doesn't need to, need to leave LA. We both know where he needs to go. I was going to say San Antonio, like um Steve Kerr did. <laughs> yeah, that would be beautiful. You know, and you come out to Greg Popovich camp, man. I'm telling you, listen, Becky Hammond is going to be a great coach because she's coming out that great. going to win championships. Yeah, she's coming out that great Popovich. Two, and, and two styles of basketball she's going to. Dude, I seen her working out with uh, DeMar Rosen, like showing him different things. And when he went into that game, um, it was recently he had a game, like a 30 or 40 point game. Well, he was just going bananas, and they was talking about how he was, how he's become a two way player. As all the announcers were saying, like his defense, look how he's just locking his man out of the play, and then getting back down to offense and creating. It's similar to a Paul George. That's what they were saying, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like Becky Hammond. That's that that's that's not just Demar Derozan production level going up and stuff like that. I'm looking at Pop, and I'm looking at fundamentals. You see his game changed a lot fundamental wise. Mm-hmm. Becky Hammond was a two way player in the WNBA. Yeah, as sharp, and, yep, she was a sharp shooting defender, as we would call her in two K, right. because she could shoot, and, and she, she was, was a hell of a, and she had handle. Listen, right, Becky also right. passed the rock too. She was the um backup guard off the Liberty. She would replace uh Teresa Witherspoon. Yep. And see, look and at that hey, WNBA knowledge. Hold hey, that. Hold that. WNBA too, hold so that. WNBA knowledge for y'all out there. Hold that. Shout out to my Minnesota Lynx, uh, Simone Augustus and Maya Moore. You know, find this woman right out, like out there. You do it, Maya Moore. Hey, I mean, uh, she ain't the finest, but she, you know, she's de- definitely cute. Uh, we both know who the finest is, man. You can't forget Lil Wayne. Man, Gala. Nah. I was just Skylar Diggins, though. Yeah, Skylar Diggins, man. Miss Skylar. Yeah. Retired, you got to go Candace Parker, but. <laughs> oh, man. I retired her when I heard that. Hey, never mind. Shout out to Sheldon Williams, man. Hey, Shout out to Sheldon Williams and his car accident head. I don't know how he got that, hey, but listen. You, hey, you never won in the NBA, but bro. You, you won in real life. <laughs> you won in real life. That's right. I don't know what you did, but you created the real sparks. <laughs> That's how we doing that right there. No and, uh, cap. No cap. And uh, before we end the show, man, we're gonna we're gonna talk about something I like besides basketball, man. Boxing, man. You know I'm a huge boxing fan. And as last Saturday it happened, 
Earl Spence Jr. versus Mikey Garcia. And as we know, Mikey Garcia moved up two weight classes. To fight Mr. Spencer. To go up. He did not perform. It did not perform at all. Um, but one thing I... too much dip on the ship. Um, definitely. I, I told people, a lot of people were saying that um, he was outboxed, which he was. Earl Spence showed a different side of him because a lot of people thought he didn't have boxing IQ. And Mikey Garcia is known for having IQ. He, to me, is one of the best... To me, he is the best Mexican fighter because yeah, definitely. of his IQ and yeah. his skills. He's not well, your I, typical well, Mexican brawler. Outside of Manny, I mean, we got to still get Manny his respect. That's what I want to talk about, you know, uh, Earl Spencer. Oh, um, talk about, yeah, know. Manny Pacquiao, that might be a good fight, man. Uh, but Manny's still going out to the floor because he wants that last big bag so he can go ahead and retire. He, if he touch $100 million at another fight, he's gone. I can guarantee you that. He's not fighting anymore. He's going to go ahead and retire if he can pull off this Floyd fight again. Well, yeah, I mean, most that's what most people listen. Listen, Conor McGregor lost his damn mind. He 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 underperformed against Khabib, who whooped his ass. Um, He's been getting into trouble, crazy. Ever since the Floyd fight, Conor McGregor Ooh, hasn't been right. He's an Irish man. What did you guys expect? Uh, Marcos Maidana, who got paid um, for fighting Floyd Mayweather twice, Blew up. I mean, not his career, his weight, his weight, and now money he, got yeah, And now he's trying to make a comeback, and he's trying to lose weight. But I mean, he went from like I want to say like one forty to about two eighty. I mean, it was just ridiculous. Just enjoying that Mayweather money. Listen, that's. I mean, you gotta respect him for that. Um, real quick, back to the fight. Like you said, the chip on the dip. I thought Mikey Garcia put on too much weight too quick. Right. Because he, he looked too slow. He yeah. couldn't land a punch on him. He landed, I believe, 72 punches compared to Earl Spence, 376. Earl Spence looked real light. He, What I liked about it is looking at the highlights of the fight. I didn't catch the fight when it happened, but looking at the highlights of the fight, one thing I can respect about boxers is how their hands work with their feet. And what I mean by that is Ali is one of the greatest showmen ever to lace up the gloves because of his footwork matched his hands, right? Mm -hmm. If he's going to fake jab at you or he's actually going to throw the jab, he's going to lead with a certain foot. He's going to stance with the other foot. If you look at Earl Spencer, every body shot that he landed on, Mr. Garcia, he led with his strong arm while balancing on his weak arm. And what I noticed with that was it created more separation. He got long arms. And he got a real frail body, so I thought he wasn't going to be able to take any hits. He he actually leaned into mo most of the punches that he got. You know, he protected himself in a sense like Floyd does. When Floyd takes a hit to the shoulder or, you know, the chest, somewhere like that, he kind of uses his forearm to pocket the punch, to take the power from the punch. Still get hit, but take the power from the punch. And I noticed that a lot about him. I think what he was showing in that fight was he's more than just a knockout guy. You know, his, his motto – is a uh, man down, and you, we all know what man down means. Is you know you not mm -hmm. leaving the ring. He gonna he gonna leave he gonna leave you in the ring. And for him not to put uh, Garcia down, it also showed me something about Garcia. Oh no, it did big time. Big. Listen, he can take well, a he, punch. Listen, so he, he's he Mexican. Back up there. He's he's Mexican. Listen, and that ain't no prejudice. No, nothing. listen, that is real. Mexicans are known for having the strongest chin. It ain't easy. If you knock out a Mexican, you must have superpowers. Because these, hands still. these motherfuckers could take a hit and keep on going. So you expect a fight 
And um, you could tell by the eleven, by the tenth, eleven, twelfth round, Spence threw over a thousand punches. So he was a little started to get a little gassed out. And anybody would because you're sitting there beating on the punching bag for twelve rounds that ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you know, um, they said he took a lot of shots, but Mikey kept going. You know, and didn't wobble not once. You got to give him that. You know, he took a few hard body shots. That was it. And he took a lot of face shots, but he wasn't wobbled at all. And um, some people were saying, oh, Earl Spence didn't get the knockout. He's talking, listen, boxing sometimes isn't about the knockout. Sometimes they barely embarrass somebody. You show them how many times they can get hit and, and not and they can't and they can't throw it. They can't um get a hit. Sometimes it's about that. Floyd Mayweather always said it's about being hit and not getting hit. You know, he, he showed that in a lot of fights where it was just his accuracy, his percentage, punches landed were just off the charts because it was just a pure you got, you got ass to be knockouts. You, got, you, got you have to be a real boxing fan. You enjoy that. You enjoy the display, the art, because boxing is still an art. The knockout is, is, a master, is, is, is a masterpiece, but sometimes watching a guy just it, – it's like baseball, you know – what would you give me a pitcher? Yeah, you know, the 98, 99, 102 mile foul, mile um, fastball is all cool, gets him out. But it's, it's cool when you can see a guy switch it up. He's doing a two seamer, a curved knuckle, a mean a slider, knuckleball. just taking him out. Yeah, a mean knuckleball that my man Mike Mussina used to throw from the Yankees. No, no, actually, a curved knuckle, which is, you know, I mean, I don't even really see that pitch too much anymore in the MLB. But um, that's what I mean by that. That was to me. I love that fight. Listen, I'm a big fan of Mikey Garcia, but I knew he was gonna get his ass beat. You moved up two weight classes too quick. Too you look, quick. Look too sluggish. Looked like you couldn't move. That's not the Mikey Garcia I'm used to seeing. You did try, you know. Um, like my man Andre Ward said, though, ain't no more victories in boxing. You know, you gotta, you gotta. You got to take that L down, bro. Ain't no more victories in box. You, you lost. Hey, hell of a fight. We enjoyed it, you know. Um, also, real quick, I watched the fight that happened the, the previous week, Sean Porter versus my man Ugas, the Cuban fighter. Man, hey, Sean Porter, stop <clears throat> ducking Spence, man. Let's, let's see. Oh, yeah, he, yeah up, please stop ducking Spence. Stop ducking, but man. He, I got to stop ducking Spence, man. When a dude record get like that, you got to be willing to take his head off. Fighters out there, if any fighters listen to our podcast or boxers that's coming up in the world, no matter where you're at in your career, do not duck a fight unless you know it's vital. Put to some names on that fight. resume. Put some right. names on that. And that's, that's what Earl that's Spence what trying did. To do. Exactly. And people are knocking him for that. He's not trying to be Floyd Mayweather. He's definitely not trying to be Asian. Yo, yo, how about this? How about this? Sean Porter and Earl Spence could have fought in March. But because right. Porter ducked him, because Earl Spence definitely came in the ring after he beat Danny Garcia, challenged him, called him out. Called him out. He ducked. He fought Ugas. Ugas, um, the Cuban fighter, took to me. I'm sorry. I, I had him winning that fight, especially if you look at the end of that 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 fight. Um, two weeks ago, Sean Porter's face was lumped up, lumped up, 
And um, Ugas had him. I wish Ugas would have used the jab more because he definitely had the longer arms. And what I like, he didn't let Sean Porter come in with that hurricane style. He kept throwing his ass off of him. I love that. That's what you were supposed to do because Sean Porter is the type of fighter, yeah, you could beat him. Like my man Uncle Uppercuts to say, he'll take five years off your career because it's going to be a rough fight because he's that mm-hmm. type of fighter. You know, but listen, Spence wants those belts, man. He, he needs to stop stop ducking for real. You know, a lot of people out there, and they're blaming it on politics and shit like that. That's the first thing they want to run behind is, you know, it's the manager. You know, it's Bob Arum. You know, it's not my, it's not my fault. Man, people, PBC, people knock Bob ESPN, so much, man. You know. People speak so highly. I mean, so, so. Eddie Hearn, all, all these guys. You know, Bob. But how I look at it is, as a fighter, you can tell your trainer as well as your manager when it's time to throw in the towel. Listen, I want this guy. Out. Yeah, I want this guy. I don't give a damn about the purse. You know what? The people want to see this. And guess what? I knock his ass out. It's going to be a purse. Exactly. A purse is going to come after this. Yep. So what are you running from? Get your money. Get the fight. If you lo- win or lose, your payday increases, bro. So stop BSing. And let the fight happen. Or I'm Manny t- Pacquiao, fight the man. Fight the man. You're not going to get the same bag you could have got from Floyd because Floyd's not going to fight you again. We all know that. Yeah, I think that's Floyd is done. Floyd, Floyd got nine million. And Floyd got nine mil in like a minute and something seconds. So for right. beating up, so for beating he, up his he, Japanese cousin. So right. I doubt he, Floyd. He's definitely, he's definitely not looking to fight anybody else unless it's something to where he's getting paid major money. Major, and that's the only way. Major, uh, no, even in boxing, you have to pay. And Floyd said that, you give him the right amount of money, he'll come back. Uh, it, it's a strong tip, but not for Pacquiao, I don't think. You know, Canelo he, uh, even wants a piece of him, and shout out, because that fight's happening. My man Danny Miracle Jacobs is definitely going to fight Canelo Sal Alvarez. I can't wait for that. May 4th, that's my birthday. Shout out Taurus Gang all day, every day. So, I can't wait for that. That's going to be another mega fight. It's going to be a lot of good fights this year. This is the year for sports, man. I'm so happy we started this, bro. And I'm so happy y'all are listening. Definitely. We love y'all. Appreciate y'all. Appreciate y'all, man. Definitely appreciate y'all. And, man, just as a sports head, man, stay active. You know, it's not about just listening to our podcast or listen to your favorite, you know, journalists speak about this and that, coming on these different shows. It's about what are you inspired about. Mm-hmm. And as a fan – you got to look at it as more as just entertainment. You got to look at the players and what they do outside of the ring, what they do outside of the you know field, what they do outside of the court, whatever you know they whatever sport they may be playing. You got to look at it and say, how does he carry himself as a man? Should that inspire me more than what his talent level is? What I want people to do this year is to separate the talent from the actual man. Mm-hmm. Please do that and understand that no man walking this earth is perfect. I like that. No athlete is perfect. I like but that. They they all are going to give us wins and they're going to give us losses. They're going to give us joy and they're going to give us pain. The whole point of our show is it's a thin line between sports and hate. Don't hate on the sports, man. Love it. Salute everybody, man. It's love always from Sloy Butler, man. All day. And he's right about that. There's a lot of guys out there, man. Y'all, y'all can't separate the man from his job and the man in real life. I tell people all the time. Not a fan of LeBron on the court, but outside the court, I'm a huge LeBron fan. Some of y'all just need to mature. And give him a respect mm-hmm. that he deserves. He he is one of the mm-hmm. leagues. That's Robinson right. That man time. does. Look, you can hate on LeBron all you want like I do. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you this. When 
when credit is due, you, you got to give it up. You got to give props. It's not about starting the school, which is that's, that's just one of the many things he does for his home city. And there's not a lot of players that go so hard for their hometown. You know, if they did, you know what? It'd be a lot of places that were in poverty doing a lot better. I'll tell you that right now. But you hey, know, hey, speaking of that, you know, in poverty, everything. Sorry to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Shout out, hey, big, big respect to Kyle Kuzma. Major, major respect to you, man. From coming from Flint, Michigan, coming and did everything you did. The oh, pipeline yeah. may not be correct. They may have not fixed the water situation in Flint. But man, you started a new pipeline for everybody out there. Athletes, people in your neighborhood, people come from that environment. See yourself as a Kyle Kuzma, but better. Learn from these people. Learn from what they're yep. doing, the work ethic and stuff, and improve yourself to be better. Because you could be the mayor who changes the city or, you know, the, the governor who changes, you know, everything to go in and say, no, we're not going to have this go on anymore. The government has to pay us or we're going to go to, you know, a uh, Supreme Court with the government for not taking care of this. It's, I'm tired of seeing people post pictures and videos of yellow and brown water. They're having a ball. And, man. We all come from some type of struggle. You didn't have to, you mm-hmm. know, sleep with your oven on because you have no yeah. house. Yeah, or dry your clothes over the oven. You had to boil yeah. water, have hot water. So we all come from hard experiences. Man, one thing is people. We got to rally behind each other. Unity. Shout out yeah. to Kyle Kuzma, man, pushing your, your narrative and putting money behind it. Shout out to Jaden Smith coming out there with his brand and putting water out there. Whatever you can do to help out your city, man, it all starts at home. You got to get yourself together. Sometimes you may have to leave home to get yourself together. But when you get yourself together, man, you reach back and you pull one person up. And they pull one person up. And eventually, you're going to pull up enough people to where you're hand in hand with at least 100 people who can make something happen in your city. It does not take a million people to make change in the city. All it takes is a strong few. Or a million dollars. Definitely. Yep, don't take a million people or a million dollars. People think you need money to make a difference. You don't. It starts with anything, an idea. It starts with helping the kid out in school. With his homework, somebody you don't take know. Control, take control of your narrative, man. Don't don't sit back and don't you know. Don't let anybody tell you what was next for you, man. You you determine what's next for you, and they go for the old heads who never chased their dreams and may like our podcast. The people that are in our generation that listen to our podcast, and even those who may not be fans that may just stumble upon it, man. One thing I want y'all to know is create your own narrative. Do not let somebody write your story. Mm-hmm. You are the author of your story along with God Himself. So keep following your dreams. No matter how long it takes, the slow grind is the real grind because one thing about a slow cooked meal, it hits you way better and you have a way better sleep than something that was cooked in the microwave for a couple minutes, man. So strive to be better. We're going to get better with our content. Salute to my brother, Charlie. We definitely going to keep building. We're going to do everything we got to do. And more content is coming, man. We definitely going to take this bigger than just a podcast. Anybody want to get down with us, you need any help with doing anything, man. We open people. We real people. Get at us on Instagram. Thin line between sports and hate. Twitter. Also, also follow our team, Team Almighty. Anybody want to pull up on 2K? Get that you know, ass whooped. With the game, with the gaming, you know, look out for Division 2 footage that's coming to the YouTube. We're going to post more about this stuff, man, on the Twitter and the Instagram. Just get familiar with us, like I always say, man. Tap into the family. Because once you tap in, you're always a part of the family. We see you out in the streets. You say you listen to our podcast. Whatever merch we got on us, man, whatever it may be, man, we're going we gonna to throw that to our fans, man. That's right. We appreciate anybody that's supporting us as men and also just creators pushing the narrative to take control of our own narrative. So salute to everybody, man. We want to talk your head off, but definitely keep supporting, man. I don't care if we get 
72 listeners one day and 15,000 the next day. It does not matter. As long as you keep pushing, what you want, you will achieve, man. That's it's right. A not a sprint. So keep going, man. Chase those dreams. That's right. We use Sprint, not AT&T. Remember that. No cap. And remember, merchandise soon come. Remember that. Well, you can always follow, like you said, you go follow us on Instagram, Twitter. You can always email us at thinlinebetweensportsandhate at gmail. And we out there. We always going to be here. And stay tuned next week. We're going to have an even better episode. We're going to talk about the March Madness wrap-up, the beginning of the playoffs. And we're going to talk a little bit about baseball. Yep, that's right. We're going to swing by the swing by the swing by the. Shout out to the half a million dollar man. Hey, half half a billion dollar man. Trout. Hey, Mr. Trout, salute to you and your family, your legacy, man. Hey. Whatever y'all doing in y'all bloodline, pass some down to my kids, man. Because I'm about to say at this point, F basketball for my kids. If they don't offer you enough money, we not going there. Kyler Murray, down into that draft, my man. <laughs> Please go play baseball, man. Take care of your Listen, family, man. Take care the of your The other day, I was having seafood. My girl said, you want some trout? I said, uh, too rich for my blood. Give me some red snapper. Okay. You know what I mean? And that's just <laughs> how that go. Yo, man, great having talking to you guys. Glad you guys love listening to us. And as you know, Charlie Brown, Slory, Butler, we out. Two and two. Till next time.